Are you guys ready for some fire? Because I've yes. already lit everything on fire. No. It's August 15th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 119. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. You are not supposed to introduce yourself. Yeah, you don't yourself. introduce yourself. What is this You looked bullshit? at me. You guys looked at me. You like both said your names and then you popped We were looking at you to me. stare you down. You are like, and... It's no, for you to that's not yourself. what was our okay, eyes I'm were sorry, saying. I'm sorry. I apologize yeah, it's fine. For, is this actually for being presumptuous? Huh? Yeah, it's one okay. Oh man, I nailed but it. Yeah, we Kirk didn't. We will say the official thing that we say, which is that Sean and Nick are not here this week, but we are joined. Okay. By Kirk Hamilton of right. Kotaku. Okay. I'll Welcome back quietly. to the show. No. I'll just be here quiet until you tell me I can talk. It's August fifteenth, two thousand thirteen. <laughs> this is Idle Thumbs one hundred. <laughs> We don't need to do it again. It's fine. <laughs> so how's it going? Oh, it's pretty good. So you've introduced me now. Yes. Um, yeah, it's going good. I've I've been playing a whole lot of video games and sitting on it, waiting to talk to you guys about them. Really? That's you just hang out at home. You play you play video games, oh, yeah. and instead of posting them on Kotaku, no, yeah, I you just, just keep that in the back pocket for the chance. Like, oh, that we'll, I might be on Idle right. Thumbs one of these days no, I again. I save it. I'm just like, oh, oh man. I can post about a video oh, game. Oh, boy. Or just put like a cat video. Oh, right. Gee. Why post about a video game when right. you can just post like a cat photo, Mario totally, Lamp? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Probably do better traffic, and then I can bring it here, and we can Maybe like a Mario cake. Right. Okay. Oh, we don't post cakes anymore. Oh, really? You still we post really Mario lamps, though? Uh, I think I've posted a lamp before. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. Playing games. Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the worst. That's good. Yeah. Chris chooses not to comment on how he's doing. It's fine. Yeah. No, I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, that's good. We're all okay. fine here. Cool. It seems like everything is fine. <laughs> um, I reviewed, Welcome to Idle Thumbs. <laughs> uh, I reviewed Splinter Cell today. What's the what, what is Splinter Cell game? I don't even know which one that is. Splinter Cell. Bla- <laughs> it's called Blacklist. Okay. You don't know about Splinter Cell Blacklist? The latest entry in the Splinter Cell in the franchise? Splinter Cell franchise? It's weird that, so I'm like Kotaku's um, resident Splinter Cell expert. Oh, really? Yeah, which sucks kind of because no one really cares about Splinter Cell, but I know a lot about Splinter Cell. Wait, do people not care about Splinter Cell? Yeah, well, you can always kind of tell by like traffic, you know, how things do. People, some people care very much. It seems like Splinter Cell sort of faded away a little bit out of the, out of the cool, the cool zeitgeist. It's definitely like when we write a post. The cool zone. You can always, like if we write a thing about like any Valve game, you know, or Grand Theft Auto 5, or like there are games that like everybody gives a huge shit about. And then there are games so like... what about Assassin's Creed? Where does yeah, that Everybody fall? cares oh, really? about Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. It's it. okay. huge. Okay. Like, give it like two more. Give it two more. Well, that's what I was asking. It's another, it's another Ubisoft. It kind of just keeps going. It's another like Ubisoft it, franchise with a right. million entries Well, in it, so. and it kind of depends. Like, Revelations was like... not People weren't as psyched about that. But then 3 was like super, super popular. Like, oh, really? Okay. And it sold really well, too. I think uh-huh. it was like oh, bizarrely well, considering that I thought the game wasn't very good. 
But yeah, Splinter Cell is like kind of all the Tom Clancy games are a little lost in the shuffle. Right, right. So I did a review and like Ubisoft. Is this games, the one that they made the new studio to make? Yeah, it's Toronto. I think it's their first game. Okay, yeah. Which I yeah, yeah, I didn't love it. Like I I kind of gave it a really mixed review, which it got really good reviews from everywhere else. So I'm sort oh, of interesting. Yeah, so you're that guy. I'm that guy. I'm that guy in this one, <laughs> which is a little weird, especially because I you know play all like every stealth game, love stealth games. I've always loved Splinter Cell, even when it's like kind of bad. I like like the games um and this one is it's what, still what didn't hit for you here uh it's good uh <laughs> well <laughs> it's so good at, that. Like, that's, that was half a sentence it still like does a lot of the things that splinter cell does well uh it's it's well designed a lot of the time but it's also like got well the story for starters like and part of my problem with my review is it's like not a complete review yet because i can't judge the multiplayer stuff until the game's oh. really out so, but we have like a flexible system, and I can do a whole thing where I don't have to have to give it a final verdict yet. Uh, but just on the single player, I'm like, yeah, like the single player is like okay, but not great. I wouldn't recommend it just on that. And the multiplayer seems like it's actually really, really fun, like a lot of it. But it was just a kind of a disaster trying to play it beforehand, and it, I just kind of want to wait until it's out. Yeah, really that's fair. It. But the story of these games, I mean, it would, what was the last Tom Clancy game you guys played? Probably the third Splinter Cell game. Oh, really? Okay, so why like uh, me too? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So like, man, they like. I mean, I guess they've always kind of had shitty stories, uh, or like stories that just don't make a lot of sense. They're just an excuse to go from place to place to place. But like, I think this was just the last one for me where I was like, I just can't get into this anymore. Like, it just is so. It was more folk. Like last year was the Ghost Recon game. That was probably the most incoherent story I've maybe ever played in a video game. Like there was just no, I had no idea like who I was controlling or what was going on, where I was. Was it got really grim? But uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist is better than that. Like it, there's kind of a clear through line. But it's just like terrorists show up and they have a plan to blow up cities and you have to go stop them. And it just after a while, like I don't know, you torture people a lot. It's like kind of all this sort of right wing weird like go america shit so it gets into like weird like God, that's weird that's not my perception of splinter cell games at all because i don't think that i really played them in in the, the modern era I well guess? they changed it's funny so i had this conversation so the guy maxime Bellon, the guy who is like the creative director of the game is a really smart guy like he's really cool and i got to talk to him he's made a lot of good games i think like he made uh he was like creative director for rainbow six vegas which i thought was a really cool game Anyway, he's. I talked to him about this, and he talked about that about how Splinter Cell has changed, and told me to look at the box art for the games and like follow how the box art has changed like over the years. So I did a whole thing and like investigated, and it has changed. Like it's gotten kind of more action based and more kind of right. hardcore. And right, because the original boxes were just it was Sam like Fisher lurking yeah. behind someone, yeah. a guy like standing there in the shadows, yeah. like, and then he was behind someone, and then he was like behind someone with a knife, and then he's like, like it really is funny. <laughs> so how it, like, now he's like yeah. jumping with a one, gun. One, like, yeah, the <laughs> conviction is he's on a train with like sparks flying and a gun, and like, <laughs> and like, and then this one is him like looming over a dude he's about to like torture the fuck out of. Like that. Jesus. Oh, well, then they change the <laughs> they, they change the box art so that um so it's a little less that, but it was really intense the original box yeah. art for it. So they and then in conviction they added like interactive torture scenes that were really fucked up. Like yeah, were, oh like, you know what I did play the like I guess the demo of that mm-hmm. maybe I, on Steam I think mm-hmm. um, if it had a demo, but I maybe I had the maybe I had the full game and I just played like an hour because I and it was so fucked up. Like mm-hmm. you, you start the game and like really early on you're like throwing a guy around a fucking shower room, yeah, and, like smashing his head into tiles and stuff, like. 
there's such a weird thing about this style of fiction, like in film and television and games, this like weird sort of hyper um, kind of nationalistic military espionage thing. It's like the 24 thing. Is, I feel like 24. Yeah, yeah 24 that, did it. Like, yeah. yeah. And then everyone, like the way it? that like, and the yeah. way that like right wing conservative politicians that. would start talking about torture. Like when we were having the whole national debate about waterboarding and torture and they would be talking in like, I don't know, Congress or wherever, like in serious conversations, bringing up Jack Bauer. Like Jack Bauer does. And the, yeah. And the ticking and time, results. like the ticking time bomb yeah. scenario. Like yeah. there's a bomb that's going to well, go off. So he tortures yeah. some guy. And like, well, that's what's so fucked up about mm-hmm. it is that, you know, it's one of the things that's frustrating about discussions about, um, like video game violence and like it's one of the things that makes the conversation really hard to have I think because obviously the um, default position of someone who plays games and enjoys games and appreciates games is going to be like games don't like turn you into violent people and I think that's true but I think it's disingenuous to claim that the art that we enjoy or like the creative entertainment we enjoy doesn't like teach us anything or like mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything to us if it, if like if that's your claim then like you actually have a fairly dim view of like the capabilities of, of, of of creative work that people make. And like, I, I feel like if you live in a society whose creative work reflects a certain ideology, it doesn't mean you're going to turn into yourself like a weird torturer murderer. Like that's obviously not going to happen, but it's quite, I think it's pretty clear that values reflected in art and entertainment spread more easily than ones that aren't like that's you know when when stuff is just in the culture um it gains credibility like that that is well and like that's what you just described with, right with like when congressional testimony re- it's and like stuff. a reflection like, of our stuff too i mean like sure it's a two-way street like how for we sure. keep, right yeah. it has to be a two-way street so we but keep making these things yeah but what's weird about it fantasies. is they like a lot of the definitely a lot of people like certainly in hollywood like a lot of people I you know I know in the games industry who work on stuff like this are people who probably on a personal level don't actually mm-hmm. um, associate themselves with some of these sort of implicit politics of the things they make. But that stuff has just become so entrenched mm-hmm. that it's now just understood that that's how things work in fiction. It's like, yeah, torture just works. Like you right. beat Man, the guy I up and he so, tells you the accurate thing and like right. that's it. That was my whole problem with these games, right? And so – and then there was a, this is a whole thing. Like I talked to the guy about this and got the and the weirdest response on it. Right, so there was a whole thing with this. I've tortured but, five people and I got results. <laughs> right. Well, and you that was a huge problem with conviction. Was like it wasn't just that you were torturing people. It was that they always told you what you needed to know. And so there's this implicit. The game is making an implicit statement that torture works. Yeah. And then like there's like always, co-op in that game. Yeah. I remember sitting there. There's co-op in that game, and the co-op's really fun. Like yeah. on a game design, yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. it's just really smashing cool. the guy all over the room. <laughs> yes. There's a part what? in co-op <laughs> where you walk. There, I think a couple of parts where the same. It's these the interrogation sequence. This is just in conviction. This isn't in blacklist. So you actually. can't at they least like good cop bad cop it in the co-op. No. You just bad cop. You bad can't be cop the guy it. who brings the guy the food, and then the other guy comes <laughs> in and smashes him in the no, face. No, it doesn't. It's just you. You walk up to the guy, and then you're holding him, and you like walk him around the room, and then you press B like over stuff, and then you just slam him into it. So it's like if well, there's a copy, like there's literally there's that's a copy what it was machine, like in single player. and you smash his face. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Only it was both of us. So like one of us would do it, and he'd be like <laughs> boosh like into the co- into the copy machine and like break yeah. his face on it, and then he'd be lying around the ground, and then I'd be like, okay, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> like the other Jesus guy goes Christ. and it's like smashing him to the wall. And it was really fucked. Like I was sitting there being like, I cannot believe that this is in this game, that they're having us do this. God, why wasn't one player the photographer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Who right. posts the proud Polaroids. Right, right. So that it winds up turning into a scam. 
handle. And yeah. it never, it, they don't wrestle with it at all. Like, right, of course. No, it's just a thing that happens because it's what right. you do. And there, so there was a big scandal, or not a big scandal, but there was a little bit of a scandal after, um, they demonstrated Blacklist at E3, I think last year's E3. Uh, it was when, I don't know if you remember this thing Tom Bissell wrote called like 13 ways to look at a shooter or to view a shooter. Yeah, it was about Spec did, Ops Online. It was that. really great. That, yeah. And, um, and one of the things he wrote about, it was like, it was th- like 13 mini essays, like about violence and games. And one of them was about a person he knew who was working on this game. And in the E3 demo, there's a scene where Sam Fisher like stabs his knife into this guy's clavicle. And then there's like a prompt to like turn God. and he starts twisting the knife in the guy's clavicle and the dude's like screaming and he's, you know, he's like, where's the, you know, where's the trigger or whatever. He's like screaming yeah. at the guy for information and the guy gets it. And Tom said he knew someone who walked out of the game, like quit working on the game because yeah. of the sequence. They're like, yeah. I just am sickened by this. I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. And then I asked Max about it when we, uh, when I interviewed him and they took that stuff out. They took out inter- interactive torture. So there's a couple of torture sequences in the game. This is Blacklist? This yeah, is in Blacklist okay. now, the one I just played. But there's no more interactive torture, which is right. a step in the right direction. But I was talking to him about this and saying why I was trying to get an answer out of him about Does it still exist just in cutscene form? Yeah. It's like you just yeah, watch so it. So it's the same fucking thing. Well, and <laughs> it's I was, not entirely so, the same was, thing, but like, right, it's, it's, it's uh, basically <laughs> the same claim of the game is right, making. That it works. And I kept asking, I was like, well, you know, why do you, why does torture always work in this game? Like, why isn't there a reason that you can't make it not work? Because you are the and best was, torturer. Because <laughs> it's a video game, right? Yeah. You have to be the best. He didn't get it. It was a weird, I, it goes to the thing you're talking about, I think, where it's like there's this assumption that this has to be this way in the game. Yeah. Because he's like, well, if you did that, though, then you'd have to have like branching storylines and we'd have to design like multiple and i was like no 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 no. i was like that's not what i'm saying just what if, like have, one of the times yeah, you <laughs> just get bad information and then the next mission is like you go on the wrong mission and like it's right, still a then, game like, like you still play shit and yeah. it's still exciting and like fun well, and it's everyone just, can play the same missions in the same order right, it doesn't, it's just like, it's they're just like, like has, oh we got bad information from that tortured right, guy that, and write like that in your script right. yeah it's in your script <laughs> he and didn't, didn't break after all but it was like there was one follow i was like one follow-up short of of getting that across and like actually having that conversation and we never got there. And it really made me be like, God, this is just, everyone's just like, well, this is how it is. Like you just put in the torture scene and then you go to the next scene. And it was like, it could just be so much more interesting so easily. And I don't, that frustrates the shit out of me. And that really frustrated me with this game a lot. Like so many ways it could be better than it's just this rote same damn thing. Like that you've, that I've played just so many times. So I felt what a little of, jaded writing like, about Like, what it, kind but... of a disaster of an individual must Sam Fisher be? I know. Like, think about the fucking shit. And like, what's funny is that you consider... he's the most boring character ever. <laughs> like, it, um... Well, that's what's so weird about games, right? Or, like, violent games, anyway, is how mundane, like, just the most horrific acts, like, <laughs> ever right. become. It's like, I mean, we've talked about this on our thumbs before, I guess, but I feel like it's usually a different, slightly different angle. Like, usually we talk about the outrageousness of it, but, like... When you think about a character like Sam Fisher who exists over You don't like, want to look into Sam Fisher's years, eyes at this right, point. Right, yeah. Right. Like twenty years worth of in game time. Like I don't know how long right, the, he's right. old right now. Right. Like he's, he's just gone through some shit too. Yeah. Like, so and like does he have like the beard and the eye patch and well, stuff he d- yet? He, no, he's not. He hasn't fully turned into He's not yet, yet <laughs> snaking <laughs> he's, it. Yeah. He's getting there. But well, like just think about how casually that guy just consistently right pulls off the most vile shit. Right. You know, like, just without a moment's hesitation. And, very, like, and that was kind of what they... Like, a 24 started to... They did like to explore the psyche of Jack Bauer and, mm. like, the consequences of... And it was kind of... I mean, the show was always pretty ridiculous. But they at least got into it a little bit. I, 
there's not enough consistency between Splinter Cell games to remotely go there. Like Metal right. Gear actually kind of does do that. Like, yeah, it know, looks like a, yeah, Kojima seems to be super yeah. obsessed with that idea. Right, he's actually really into it the idea. It seemed like they were like, going to do that for a second with two Splinter Cells ago, where yeah. they had all the footage of like Hobo. Oh, that was going to be Conviction. Hobo, Hobo yeah, they Sam redesigned Fisher, all that like, stuff. Yeah, and then they yeah. threw that all out. Yeah, and like, I know. I, it, right? I remember that though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that game was more like The Fugitive. Like it was less. This one's kind of a return to form because like I guess people didn't like. It. I actually kind of liked Conviction. That. It just resident Splinter Cell expert likes conviction. Yeah, I thought conviction ha- had some good stuff going on. It also had well, that was a, I've heard you guys talking about this game actually. That was the game where the guys would remember yeah, where yeah, you that were, was the, that they was would, the and they'd call Cell you Fisher. Where... Wait, that was conviction. That was yeah, conviction. That was they'd be like the Fisher. I remember that the was airfield? Years yeah, ago. that like, was. I thought that was. It was. Year. It was like 2010, I think. It was like three years ago. Yeah, it's been a while since I was Splinter Cell. Oh, yeah, wow. that was the most recent one. And it was that game, man. That was like when I was first blogging about video games, and I wrote a thing where I just transcribed every time they said Splinter. Or oh, I remember that. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. This is depressing, but it was like the funniest thing I've ever written oh, about yeah, games because so I didn't funny. write yeah. it. It was just I just transcribed it, and it just keeps going and going and yeah, going and going and going. There's like 150 like we'll get you, Fisher. You're dead, Fisher, and like ridiculous like. You, when Fisher comes around this corner, he's gonna turn into soup, and like you're like the rat on the airfield. Like it's just shit that just makes no sense. And other amazing, terrible barks. And yeah, uh, so this game actually improves. God, that was does really improve on that. That would be a fantastic children's book. Just Fisher die, Fisher die. <laughs> just all That's one die, just, Fisher die. <laughs> every sort of like double thick cardboard page is just one line from Splinter Cell. <laughs> right with like the kind of colored pencil sort of illustration that like, <laughs> like wraps around the text where like yeah. the guy is like peeking out from around the corner like <laughs> right. gonna get you, gonna get Fisher. you Fisher right he's Fisher's hiding in the dark <laughs> <laughs> the guy's got a flashlight and is like looking around yeah <laughs> I would read that to my niece she'd probably like it um anyway that's stuff Man, about you can see sucks. like god you what you have to do in every on every page is like Notice, like, get your you like, three year old to like find a little winking Fisher with <laughs> like, like three... the, the lights on the thing, <laughs> yeah. like peeking out from like a sewer right, grate right. or something. Like, right, it's called it, Fine Fisher. <laughs> if it comes with uh, like a tiny, like single AA battery powered uh, UV bulb, <laughs> right? You open it and it goes. Well, no, like the book itself is paper, but yeah. it has like in right, a little right, right. spiral yeah, right, right. thing. It's a small flashlight yeah, yeah, yeah. that you as a kid have to shine around until you right. find the three Fisher lights. The book would just be called "I'm gonna find you, Fisher." Right. I'm gonna find you, Fisher. <laughs> and it's like really, really surprisingly long, <laughs> especially because they're all that like thick stock. Right. Like, it's just you're, a disaster. You're like two year old, like, like a I'm bored. Fisher <laughs> on every page so far, and the guy on the next just, page they knows still where he can't was find the last him. page. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, this is it's this like is... why can't they find him yet? This is so unrealistic. You're like kid. You should play. You yourself. have no idea. Yeah, fucking Fisher. So wait till you're 11. Um, the the game is I I don't know man it's it's funny I, stealth games I feel like are like the thing right now you know they're a thing yeah they're a big thing or they're like a thing in like these games like in in sort of AAA console games so like like Batman and, and the Last of Us and 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 then like the Mark of the Ninja Dishonored like just had this new DLC which is really really good and like all these yeah, games are kind of it's yeah, awesome. I heard it was really cool it's yeah, awesome yeah, yeah, and like that game I think is awesome oh, I agree. but it's kind of crazy that like all like that stealth has become a really big thing and like Splinter Cell was sort of you know it was like the western Metal Gear like when it first mm-hmm. came out there yeah, weren't yeah. 
that many stealth games. There's like Thief and Metal I remember Gear and when Splinter Cell first came out, Kojima just said, "God damn it, why don't I? Can I just rename mm-hmm. him uh, Solid Snake and make this the new <laughs> Metal Gear game?" And instead, he made infinite more Metal right, Gear. Right, right. And it, you know, and I remember I didn't really play Metal Gear growing up, and then playing Splinter Cell and being like, "Whoa, like this is awesome!" Like stealth, because stealth is like a really cool thing, kind of on a fundamental level, right? Because mm-hmm. you're kind of watching the game and poking oh, yeah. at it and all oh, this great. cool shit. Well, stealth is weird because I feel like it's a thing that is really satisfying in the abstract but it's just one of those game genres that has never quite been like figured out to the degree that you'd want it to be mm-hmm. given how cool it is mm-hmm. you know like it's it, it always just feels a little janky you know well, like there's not any there's i don't know i, I maybe that's just inherent to what it is like oh well, like gunpoint is a stealth game right and like yeah. i felt like the stealth oh that's in that true game that game is really, super really tight well. yeah, like and yeah. it was incredible but i mean yeah that game is and... like I mean, in 2D, it's definitely easy to make that stuff really right. tight. Like Mark of the Ninja is really you have, similar. Yeah, you just have like full – you don't have to worry about depth perception, right. like any of the things that right. are that are fuzzy about mm-hmm. a real-world 3D space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's funny to watch. Like, So I, I think there's a lot about The Last of Us, about the way the action in that game works, how – it's it's a stealth game, especially like I, if you play on like a really hard difficulty, mm-hmm. you have to play it as a stealth game. Yeah. But like all these games – so the problem uh, – let me figure out where I'm going with this thought – the problem with Splinter Cell is that it works really well as a stealth game a lot of the time. Like, when you're just in a room with a bunch of dudes and then you're, like, taking the dudes out and, like, sneaking around and kind of being Batman. That's cool. But the minute you get spotted, the mm-hmm. idea is the game's oh, yeah, supposed totally. to be really, like... And they've, they've really pitched it. It's like, you yeah. can play this totally all out of salt. Like, if you want to play it as an action uh-huh. game, you can. And, like, it doesn't well, work. Everything like, has that problem. Hitman has that problem. Most of the Metal Gears have right. that problem. But, then like, not, but not, not every game. Like, no, like, I know. Not every game. No, problem. I know. I know. Like, yeah, so, I Dishonored is... The cool one. And, well, like, also, I, and the, the Last of Us, doesn't, last of us have doesn't have that problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I am kind of feel like I'm seeing this thing now where there's a lot of games that manage to just... It's like they're not stealth games. Well, it's because like they have to be games that sort of, like, encourage or allow stealth, but right. they aren't stealth right. games. So what really is going on... Like, in The Last of Us, what's kind of happening there is just dudes can see you or they can't. And if they can't, they kind of just react like dudes kind of would. Like, there's, like... Right. You can play like it has some like that has the echo mm-hmm. hearing and shit. Like there's some stealth stuff built in, but it's kind of just a more realistic shooter. Where like I think about like Bioshock Infinite, which has absolutely no stealth aspects to it at all, right? Mm-hmm. And when one dude sees you in that, everybody knows where you are. And then it's so it's so much more. Yeah, you just flip the switch, yeah, right? Yeah. You flip the switch, and everyone's just shooting you. Where it and I feel like that's kind of feels kind of old to mm-hmm. me now. Where now, just playing a game like Dishonored, where a lot of times in Dishonored shit goes wrong and it just turns into a really cool action game for mm-hmm. me. Oh, for sure. And I really like that. Where yeah. playing Splinter Cell felt kind of stodgy. It was like, all right, like these, you know, it's really sticky and you kind of stick to the wall and like it's kind of awkward if you mm-hmm. have to move quickly and react yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. and the guns kind of suck. Yeah. So that felt good for stealth, but then I don't know, it, it frustrated me with the game. You know what I really liked? A lot of people didn't, but I really liked the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 4. I like the stuff early on where you're like in the middle of a weird like guerrilla conflict and you're sneaking around, but there's other points of focus for people in the world. Like you aren't literally the one magical thing that everyone cares about. And if you get seen, like people will still shoot at you if they're not on your side, Mm -hmm. but like you have the cover of this crazy conflict going on. Mm -hmm. And like, I thought, I thought that was super interesting. Like I, I really, really liked that stuff a lot. And I was. It bummed me out that it kind of went away pretty mm-hmm. early in that game because um, that felt to me – obviously, I've never been in an actual armed conflict of any kind. But like I've um, – it, it struck me as something that felt like somewhat more authentic than how combat is usually portrayed in games, which just makes mm-hmm. no sense at all, right? Like even in even in like 
a stealth, even in like The Last of Us or Dishonored or whatever, you're still fucking Superman. Like, you, right. you know, you're still like just ridiculous. And I guess you are in Metal Gear too, relatively speaking. But if the that stuff in Metal Gear Solid 4 near the beginning felt to me like it was contextualized in a way that was like somewhat believable and kind of plot, like just... Well, there's something um, about having it was exciting because shit was happening, yeah, like so it wasn't a like thing it going was, on around you. Yeah, really um, cool. I don't know. I liked. I just. I really liked that. Um, I thought that was a really interesting design space. That it was surprising to me that it doesn't seem like anyone else really picked up on it. After it is that. weird that they don't. Or maybe like, maybe there are examples. If if there are, I'm missing them. Well, anytime you know, I feel like there's two sets of like you know, two, the AI is fighting itself while you're just there. And you can kind of like actually the Dishonored DLC has that going on in the level. Oh, cool! Um, where there's like two gangs that are fighting it out on either side of this river, and you're mm-hmm. just kind of teleporting around and doing shit like in the background. And they both will kind of attack you if they see you, but yeah. sometimes they're just right. otherwise occupied. And it's really neat. Like, yeah, it feels- yes. Yeah. And and it's like there are there are definitely games that have that co- general concept of like there are two sides fighting, and you're in the middle, caught in the middle of it, mm-hmm. or like whatever. But there was something about the fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game that I thought was cool, like it yeah, that felt was like you were kind of part of, part of it, and like, and that was the hardest part for me too. I remember that was, believe it or not, that was the first Metal Gear game I ever. Well, I played two a lot. Oh before, really? I came back to four and hadn't played a Metal Gear in a long time. Oh, you know, and it's so kind of awkward, you know, like for like for me to get back to that control sure. scheme and understand it. And I remember being really having a hard time with that. Whole yeah, part. yeah, yeah. Like just constantly getting spotted and like killed. And I play. I played the entire Metal Gear series. Wow. In like the two months leading up to the release of Metal Gear Solid Four. Because I'm like, whoa, a game about an old guy. Like, this is interesting. <laughs> like, I was so fascinated by those trailers that I, I was, because I, I, you tried um, a few times in the past, right? Yeah, and I just couldn't do it. I had a, I had a PS One that was like, you know, as listeners to the podcast know, like, I grew up a PC gamer and I didn't really have consoles, but I did mm-hmm. eventually get a PS One at one point, and I had like three games for it. I had like Final Fantasy Seven. Like Metal Gear, it was just like the things that were the absolute biggest things. Like and I'm like, was that in Gran Turismo or something? Like, what was yeah, your third I think game? I did have Gran Turismo because I didn't know where to start. Right, like I had no, right. I had no like context. Mm-hmm. So I was like, these are the huge things that everyone says are amazing. And I remember like I started playing Metal Gear, and I was, just, like, I am the worst. <laughs> like I couldn't, I literally couldn't get past the first level, like the shitty level where you have to just get to an that elevator. In those games, though, and like, I that couldn't do it. To me with three, yeah. recently, like. and I, I had years of like not being. It was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. I hated. I was like so annoyed, um, and, and like right around that same time, I was playing Thief and stuff, and like loving it, mm-hmm. and being super like totally competent. I wasn't like amazing, but I was perfectly competent. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, just there was something about well, the Metal those, Gear model that didn't stick yeah. with me. And so it was like, and I would try every couple of years and I would still just fall on my face. And then I remember when I, when trailers for four were coming out, I'm like, man, this looks fascinating. Everyone says these games were like crazy story stuff. So maybe I should like play the other ones and, you know, before I get it. And so I got my friend Scott to come over and give me a crash course in how to play Metal Gear because he was a huge Metal Gear fan. And so he like walked me through the first level and it was crazy. It was like unlocking a, a, a door in my brain and suddenly I just blasted through it and it was like one weekend that I, I'm pretty sure I beat all three of those games or maybe at least just the first one in a weekend and then the other ones over the course of like, you know, a couple of weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and three I thought was amazing. I love so Metal Gear Solid 3. I have to play three. I know everybody says that. I'm always talking to oh, Leah about it. I thought it was it. so good. And she get, gives me shit all the time because I haven't played it. It's like her favorite game ever. She's like, you got to play this game. It's so good. And I always, I have it on like every, like an embarrassing number of, yeah. Consoles. Like I have it on right. every platform. Yeah, I just played the PS2 one. I and think. I can't. 
like, I don't know, like, I get, I kind of got a little farther. Even, like, the Vita version, like, does cross-saving with the console. So, oh, like, if Vita, I go crazy. farther okay. on, the, uh-huh. on that version, I can save yeah, it. And sure. even then, like, uh-huh. I kind of, I get the guy, like, the chick on the motorcycle, and then I'm just kind of like, uh-huh. it's, it's the, I, I can't, I don't take the time to kind of, like, get yeah. comfortable with the controls. That um, game, to me, hit a really amazing midpoint between, like, sort of the taking itself too seriously and not taking itself seriously at all that at its poles are like the worst part of a metal gear. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. the taking it, like taking itself too seriously was what uh, to me made metal gear solid for like on balance of fucking mm-hmm. stupid experience. Like I liked some things about right, it for right. sure. But like, I really, by the time that there thing are was a lot done, of parts I was that game just that fucking over it. Silly. I was yeah, really yeah. like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but like metal gear solid three, I thought was a really cool, um, like kind of towing the line between, the that's not the right word phrase for that but like the you know walking the line yeah walking the line between the um kind of tongue-in-cheek and the kind of earnest in a way that really paid off like i i really thought it was cool Mm -hmm. and there was also god uh, game was one of my favorite scenes out of any game ever with the fucking ladder yeah i've talked about this on this podcast before so I won't talk about it again. But um, yeah, I gotta play it one day. Yeah, there's a lot of games I gotta. You'll play like so. that ladder when it happens. Yeah, I'll, when there will be a scene with a ladder, and I'll think, Nemo. <laughs> oh, you will. It'll be yeah. obvious. Okay. It'll be very noticeable. It's a it's a okay. remarkable what moment. It, in okay, cool. Game. Well, yeah, then don't tell me what it is. I'll play it. It'll happen. Yeah. I didn't play either of this Dishonored DLCs. The only thing that I remembered hearing was someone saying that Blink started working. Blink midair was in the second one. Yeah. Is that correct? It's awesome. Is that also in the new it, one as well? It's Yeah, it's in both. So the new one is like, there are two parts. Sorry, that's it's the most baby thing. like one. So I can I can Blink mid-jump? But like, it's amazing. No, that's I, all that I well, want. It's funny because like I, that's the number one thing that I like about about the Dishonored DLC is that you can do that. And then I started, I was showing Dishonored to a friend, just the single player, and I was like, wait, what? what is this garbage? Like, I can't jump and... So yeah, on the ground the minute, you press, guy? the minute you press blink and hold down the trigger, like, it freezes. And then you can, like, jump with the trigger held down and it'll freeze whenever you stop moving the thumbstick. So if you have, like, the agility thing, you can jump super high. Mark of the Ninja does that, And then that, just, right? like, look around. Yeah, so. it's like Mark of the Ninja yeah, does yeah. the same thing. I love that. It's awesome. Like, and it changes everything about the game. It's crazy. It's like a little tweak oh, yeah. that totally. makes, every, like, combat, the minute you're fighting, like, you have a bunch of guys coming at you, you can, like, jump into the air, press the trigger button, and then just, like, look and, like, take survey everything. <laughs> right. and like And then just, like, jump behind a guy and, like, wreck guys. It's It's, like, I couldn't believe. I wish that there was a way to carry it over. To right. the main game, almost so I could replay the you whole. You know, it would break. They just figured it would be unbound. Like, yeah, I'm mechanically, sure. I'm sure that'd be quite oh, simple yeah, yeah, yeah. to do. But yeah, it would just it would just mess it up. But yeah, I mean, it's but you would have fun very, just very like cool. yeah, because who cares? Cleaning a house, like, yeah. With, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've already been getting outside of uh, right, and also leaping into a place that crazy clip plane to be able to fall in the sky. But yeah, I mean, it's those the the DLC is really neat and like ties in with. That's cool. I single player game. About it. So you you play as the the assassin guy mm-hmm. who kills the empress at the beginning of the single player game, Dowd. Oh no way! Yeah, and then the that. whole DLC is him, and it's he's on this separate, like it's kind of noirish, almost like this mystery about is that, this witch. Is that both the DLCs, or were you? Yeah. Okay. So it's like the first part is it ends on a cliffhanger, kind of, mm-hmm. and then now if you got them, to, if you got like the game of the year edition of that game, it's going to be awesome. It'll be like two, almost two whole games. And they tie together. And even, like, you guys both play Dishonored, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, however, I think that however Corvo deals with Dowd in the first time through is what happens to Dowd in the DLC, depending on, like, because oh, cool. you face off against oh, Corvo. Like, it, it runs parallel to the Dishonored story. Oh, that's story. cool. I love stuff like that. It's super yeah. cool. That's what like, I loved about the, uh, so well, it, it is Dishonored like Opposing Force. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's exactly or like that. episodes like, from Liberty yeah. yeah. City. Yeah. yeah. 
And because, you know, and Doubt had kind of the same powers as Corvo anyway. And, like, the yeah. stranger guy or the outsider. The outsider. They're, like, two sides of the same Enzo. coin. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty intense He's, like, way. Corvo's grim shadow. He talks, though, which is cool, too. <laughs> so he'll, like, talk to himself. And, like, he's, like, a t- not a silent protagonist. God, Corvo starts to talk. Is my, uh, yeah. is, <laughs> that doesn't, that never It's like existed. a lost Idle Thumbs segment. I don't know if we ever actually talked about it, but I just had a note from a thing that we meant to talk about. So I had a note in my phone. Uh, like, I flipped through the four or five pages. Then one of them just said, Corvo starting to talk. And then I kept flipping <laughs> by. And I know that it was, it was him probably talking about that fucking mask that he gets and just yeah, like right, all sorts right. of other stupid shit but sorry so, right. so dowd talks Talk, yeah dowd talks god does he see corvo and say nice mask that would <laughs> he make sees corvo i can't remember what he says he just says some stuff and corvo doesn't say anything we talked about that yeah. stupid mask too much because we're obsessed with how fucking dumb it is <laughs> it is well that was another thing is dowd doesn't wear the mask and so i was showing um the original game to someone and then that i'd forgotten that he does that like before each mission he like puts on this crazy skeletor mask yeah. and like, gets ready to go fight and i was like oh that's like right the like, finest like, mask and it looks like a really world. really it's uncomfortable set bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh and it just God. looks so uncomfortable <laughs> and weird and it, like it doesn't just, even fit his face you're just like, in the most beautiful world right. in the entire world and they're like oh, our greatest artisan has made yep. <laughs> this <laughs> when he competed on junkyard wars in 2003 like on tlc Right, yeah. it's what's his name, Brad Dourif, who I'd also forgotten was in that game. The uh, the actor who's who plays that? that guy. Oh, he's the um, he plays the guy who makes the mask. He he was but like, like who is he? Why oh, is he, he was um, he was Wormtongue in Lord of the Rings, or he was the Doctor in Deadwood. Mm. Did you ever watch Deadwood? He was the he villain was the in at least one Mist game. <laughs> he's been <laughs> he's, oh, crazy. He's been in a ton of shit. He's awesome, actually. Like he's a really interesting actor. Yeah. Huh. Um, the place. I don't really know how they got him. He was like a total get, and then it kind of what wasn't is a he great a total get? I think that guy's in everything. <laughs> well, that's a good point. But it was it, it was maybe he it, was, it was a villain a of Mist Four or something. Or <laughs> it was three. kind of just really flat, and he was like, "Hello, Corvo. I'm gonna." It just wasn't actually because he's a kind of wild actor. Hi, Corvo. Be, nice man. That was seriously. I made you oh, this mask. Can you, you get me some whale oil? Like, like that was pretty much do the sum like, of that. Do you guys. like the mask, Corvo? What do you think about the mask? <laughs> I don't know. It oh, seems Corvo's kind of weird. <laughs> Corvo, he's like, I'll take your silence as approval. <laughs> Like uh, oh that's that was the, just, that was what we used gets, to fit your face so that I could yeah. then size the real mask <laughs> right. you but I guess you just walked away or I, I measured that. your face while you were asleep Corvo come back having a vision right, like all the that's not the mask that actually, Corvo just, yeah yeah maybe he ta- maybe every time Corvo comes back and buys more shit from him and still doesn't compliment the mask each time he takes it. As like a just a passive aggressive <laughs> building like, insult, like, at Corvo. oh you're back. You need some new arrows for your... <laughs> still got that. I still wearing that mask. I see. So, uh, looks comfortable. Looks pretty good. <laughs> like, like probably getting a lot of benefit out of it, huh? <laughs> Liking it? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> what? You just I hear hate the, that guy. You heard the really quietly 3D tag. <laughs> Fuck you. It is idle bark as you, you look back. And he's like, I didn't, just, I, just, yeah, I didn't say anything. Look back. He's just kind of looking, <laughs> he's like polishing his whistling, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. tightening the wrench on his. Or you, know. you just look around, then he turns around. You know, does the, the NPC <laughs> sort of just lock eyes with you, uh, creepy on Kenny? Yeah. Can I help you with something? But you, that's also at the oh, same volume level well. as the fuck you, <laughs> right, so right. you know that he said it. Yeah. <laughs> that game had a good voice cast in general. I'm remembering now. Wasn't Susan Sarandon in that game? What? She played the granny, I think. I'm pretty sure it was her. What? And like, and Hit Girl too. Random Chloe Mint. I can't remember. I always want to call her Mint's Plays, that other guy's last name. But the Hit Girl from Kick Ass played the daughter too. It was like a ton of big name actors. I'm not really sure how they pulled it off. Crazy. They pulled it off by having the budget. By having a lot of money, I guess. Yeah, yeah, true. To a video game. Yeah, it's true. I don't think there's really anybody like that in the DLC. But it's still really cool. So, yeah. That gets a recommendation. I definitely recommend if you're like, 
if listeners are looking for one stealth game to get this week, get both Dishonored. Yeah, or I guess, I guess, yeah, get both this. I mean, Splinter Cell Daniel cool, Day Lewis. Yeah, I would say <laughs> I like Dishonored a lot better, but I think I like Dishonored better than Splinter Cell. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you like Dishonored Just, a lot, and you were yeah. pretty not and like enthusiastic Splinter about Splinter Cell. Well, like, why is that even? Why is well, that even like Splinter Cell expert? expert. <laughs> right. Even though I keep playing these fucking Tom Clancy games, yeah. I guess like they just keep kind of not getting better or getting marginally better. Yeah. So that's the thing. What have you guys been playing? I've, I got a million more games I could talk about. But... Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Do you have stuff you want to talk about? Um, I've been playing Skulls of the Shogun. Oh, oh yeah. All right. How is yeah. it? I like it a lot. On PC, right? They just uh-huh. came out. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I really want to play it. I've got it. I, I was the chance. first. I really, I was talking to um, like Jake Kasdow and like Brute Pfeiffer, if you know those guys yeah, who yeah. worked on it. Like, I was the first person to play that game, apparently, like outside of their really studio. Ever? Like, oh, no, cool. I mean, I'm sure they had like friends and stuff they played like, with, but, like outside of their right? circle, uh-huh. like, yeah, when that <laughs> game was like announced, I guess. Um, that was weird. And I didn't mm-hmm. play it on the fucking, when it came out regularly, because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, you know, want to get it on the, any of the weird exclusive Microsoft shit. Right, right, right. Um, but anyway, now it's out for real on regular Windows, not just Windows 8. Which and, is just, uh, oh man, this is apparently quality Microsoft Windows release time right now, because Spelunky finally oh, came out. Right. Oh, that's right. I started playing, I started playing that as well. Anyway, okay, yeah. sorry, go we'll back talk to, about that after this. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I feel like, I felt like a dick for not playing it until now. Um, because uh, I like those guys a lot. But They've I'm, been asking you how you like it for the last two years. No, no, they knew they <laughs> were. Like, it's su- cool. I was super. I, like I was super vocal to them directly about right. like, so when is this going to be out on an actual right, real right, thing? Right. Like, what's the fucking deal? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But um, uh, yeah, no, it's I'm I'm really glad it's out on just regular Steam because it's uh, it's a really cool game. It's really interesting because it looks like a game. It I don't know, probably deliberately, I guess. Like the art style, it just looks like a very lightweight thing. Um, but it has really unusual, like it's a, it's a really, um, consciously progressive turn-based strategy game, which I find interesting because that genre almost by definition is like the opposite of that. You know, like when you play a turn-based kind of tactical strategy game, it's almost sort of a retro exercise, not in a, in a, in a negative way. Like that's, you know, it's like, it's one of the things that's great about playing something like XCOM or whatever. It's like you get this really satisfying, like refreshingly old school kind mm-hmm. of approach. It doesn't mean it's like simplistic, but there's, you know, it's on a grid, which is an inherently artificial construct. You know, it's not, it's not like playing a game where you run around with a guy in a world and it's mm-hmm. like trying to be really high fidelity, like playing something on a grid is inherently low fidelity and like in a literal sense, mm-hmm. uh, or like low resolution of the of movement. And like this game is not that, which is interesting. Like it's, you have full free movement, with each of your guys on the field. Like there's no hex grid. There's no square grid. Um, there's no like the movement is just a radius around your guy and you can just move anywhere in it. And guys have they, there's collision and they exert sort of like force on each other. They can attack each other and stuff. So it's all, yeah. it's all just based on, it's all so based it's on just, just proximity. proximity. Yeah, it's yeah. all based on proximity. Huh. And when you move into a guy, like you'll push him, like one of your guys, like when moving oh, one guy around, will like push another guy out of the way. So it, that's how they get around not having a grid where you can very cleanly just say, well, I'm going to leave a gap and this guy's going to go through it mm-hmm. or just say there's no collision and guys can just walk through each other. Right. Like they, they, they created just... a weird problem that they had to solve and the way they've solved it is a few different things. Like they – guys can push through each other but then also if you put your guys like in a line in proximity, they create like a spirit wall which creates blockage for the en- for enemy troops. So like they have mechanics. So guys can't push through – 
certain like a certain density of your guys. Yeah, and like it, enemy it, troops it gives them like yeah, a defense yeah, bonus yeah, and stuff. Right. Like yeah, so they they really um, did some like they they took a sort of general um, paradigm for the way that the turn based strategy game is played. That's pretty outside the norm, and then they actually thought of just solid mechanics to back it up, which is really just impressive because you actually don't see that kind of thing that often. Like most games that are that adhere to a specific you know genre like a defined genre tend to like be additive to existing structures or like just sort of refine them and like i was this felt like um reinventing the wheel in a way that was interesting huh. um so i like it I've, really i'm cool. not i haven't gotten super far into it or anything but like i should play it know, here. it's I've, funny i've played yeah. a bunch of missions and yeah it's, 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 it's like it's like, this is the game that the aesthetic looks like it looks like just a bunch of villains from powerpuff girls or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that it looks like a like yeah a, like, like an adult a, swim thing or cartoon yeah. network thing yeah not adult swim but cartoon network yeah um uh yeah i like it it's uh, I mean it's fucking goofy as hell right like mm. it's the most ridiculous right. dialogue and stuff it's preposterous but like it's um but it's obviously intended like it looks the way that it is you know like it's the all the tonal parts make sense together um it's cool yeah sounds good mm-hmm. what about you man you playing anything I haven't played a whole lot since last week it's been a no. devious crap week um so I'm sad. Thanks for asking me. Oh, well, I thought <laughs> I'd, I thought I'd try to include you. you know, if you're playing any good games or something. Have you played the Spelunky at all recently? You played a bunch of it before, so I, you already kind of know. I the played deal. it when it came out on XBLA. Yeah, yeah, Sean yeah. and I co-op. So right, right, the right. daily like the daily challenge. I am so fucking bad at this game. I <laughs> yeah, can't remember I being this bad at a game. I've played like two hours of it. Uh-huh. I played the original PC version when it, a bit when it came out, and I was really bad the at game it. Game Maker one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, all right, well, man, I suck at this. And then the Xbox One came out, and I'm like, okay, well. Maybe the Xbox one came out right when you were heavy into Binding of Isaac, which made me think. No, it's true. It's th- true. Th- this would potentially grab you. Yeah, I know. So now it's out on Steam, and I'm really glad it is. And like, I can tell this is an awesome game. Like, no. I can tell it's really good, and it's quite clear why. Like, the the way the systems interact with each other, and the way like stuff can kind of cascade is really co-op. attractive. Yeah, we probably should. You'd enjoy it. But co-op like, is really fun. I just fucking suck. It's like insane <laughs> how much I suck. It is like Metal Gear 1 well, circa 1998 watch, like, levels of I'm me guessing sucking watched, at a game. you watch good people play. Like, no, not really. I should. So maybe I can so pick up some So people stream tips. it now. Watch Matt. Yeah. You know Jason Killingsworth from Edge magazine? The, so he's an editor at Edge and he's like a video game freak. Mm-hmm. Like He's like mm-hmm. better at uh, much super hexagon than sure. anyone I've ever okay, seen yeah, in my life. Or yeah. his drop seven score is like better than Frank Lance's, and he is ridiculous at Spelunky, and he'll stream it now, and he'll just tweet sometimes. He'll be like, "Yeah, like I'm streaming Spelunky," and I'll go watch him play it, and it's just bonkers. Like right. watching how because it's such a weird co- that game is such a weird combination of knowledge and like chops. Like yeah, just, right, right. The right. dexterity required to be yeah. truly good at that game is huge, right. and it's its own really distinctive kind of chops. Like it's like really like because oh, I really, suck yeah. at it too. Like but the it, movement, the is feel weird. is so it's weird. Like yeah, really, it takes yeah, like lethargic. That's how mm-hmm. I felt about it's, Isaac though. Like that game oh, is see, so weird. I, like, Isaac, I feel, I feel like I'm like, able to personally become fluent right. at in a way. When it could be, and I think you can get fluent. No, no, you totally can. Like different people are just better. Like have more attuned to different things, but for whatever for whatever reason, like. The the those qualities of Spelunky, like I'm having a really hard time mm-hmm. like getting traction with them. It's right. it's like very frustrating because I know it's a thing I would enjoy if I got good at it. But holy crap, that I'm could just be not if you, do, you could have the door open. You could sit down well, with someone who's that, good. That might be like, even yeah. even if you sit down with someone who isn't yeah. good. I think co-oping Spelunky is sure. it makes it makes the failure less mm-hmm. damning, and yeah. it also no, just makes like if you you can just fuck around and it's yeah. more just like. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's so one. It's such a communal game in that way. Like I think Derek was talking about this, but I'm not sure. But I think it was him who was saying like it was like a, it was like pro tip to developers. He was like always put secrets in your game, like always put things in your game that people will just have mm. to discover for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because that's just always something you should do for players, like because everybody likes that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool and very true of Spelunky. Like how, like when I listened to those guys, they were, they had a chat going on Killingsworth stream, and there were a bunch of I think it was this, it might have been a different stream. So a bunch of like indie devs were in there who were all obsessed with Spelunky playing it, talking about it, and it's like they're just talking about like how well when you get these wings and you know this these vampires that come out in this part of the level do this, right. but you have to react this different yeah. way. But if you get this thing and it was just, they knew every, but like yeah, they yeah, had yeah. to learn it just like, uh-huh. so it has that, like if you just sit with someone and play it and kind of talk about it, like it, you can just learn so much just of the sort of what to do and what does what. It's this really is cool. this is the dumb baby reason for why co-op is helpful also, but just having a second person alive yeah. to bail you out when you die. So yeah. that the game doesn't restart if one person eats it, makes right. it a lot sure, more no, forgiving. But anyway, sense. sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's what were you saying? Too. Spelunky Daily Challenge? What, what were you? Oh, that's, I, that's the thing like that I keep a, seeing on Twitter, but yeah, I have not like, so I haven't every day there's a, I haven't played Is that just inside yet. of the PC game? Yeah. It's, and I think, is it in all the other versions too? I don't know. I think they, they, well, I know that I'm pretty sure they added it for this version, but I don't know if maybe like they might, they might've back. Yeah. And it might be kind of hard to do that on like 360, I think, cause you have to like issuing new content to a game. Yeah, like right. Minecraft started doing that, but I'm not sure everyone else can. Microsoft generally doesn't like you doing yeah. that unless you're making them millions of dollars, right. I think. <laughs> right. So I, but I know in the PC version, yeah, it's like, there's a new challenge every day. That's like, and I think you get one shot at it maybe. Yeah. I think you just get one up, shot. But yeah. yeah. And so it's like, if you can do it, like, that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's and cool. so they just make you think every single day, I think forever or, are those hand offered or is it actually just the game is just making this as the daily like seed i don't know how, yeah, I don't know how authored they are like I, I can't imagine i mean there must be some level of like procedural generation going on i can't imagine that there's someone just sitting there at a computer like, Derek, <laughs> the rest of Derek his life whole life is just is like Okay, this one's well, gonna look like a butt. These, okay, this one's gonna say hi. <laughs> There's still some fuckers playing this game. I guess I gotta yeah. make some more levels for them. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, I don't think that's how it works. But it sounds really cool. I, I've actually only I haven't even had it. Don't have it on PC. I only have it mm. on on Xbox. But I'm kind of like you, Chris. Like that's a game that I I know is really good, and I've played. I've played with people. It's actually just really fun because it's also just really chaotic and goofy. Yeah, and I like, should play some co-op. It's a it's a dumb thing to like about that game, but I I also just the art in it is really mm-hmm. good for what it is. Oh yeah, like, it's really nice. Yeah. It looks like a 2D indie game, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, it looks like what it is, which is just the most expensive version of a game that a guy digitally painted. But the way right. that like all the the lighting works in that game and stuff, I looked yeah. I looked at it a lot when I was playing it. Yeah. I looked at the video game that I was playing. Right. It's pretty. Yeah, it's it's uh, It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There's out of tune saxophone on it though. Oh yeah. This bums me out. Yeah. The saxophone at the very beginning that plays. Oh. I can't remember how the theme goes. That's now. funny. But he's like really sharp and I'm always like, dude, he's so <laughs> sharp. <laughs> like, back that thing off, man. Well, what's a what's what's another game? What, what can we talk about? I don't know. This is already more games than we ever. T- I'll give you. I can give you more <laughs> games. I'm playing them. Yeah. Well, you guys talked about Saints Row with Danielle last week. So. No, you should talk about Saints Row as well because we should just. I want to hear what you have to think, and okay. I also. If you think if you're gonna go all in on it being sweet, we'll happily just get pummeled into the ground some more on uh, Saints Row. People, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I like it. I think it's really because Danielle. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I read, read her review. She's yeah. into. She really liked it. Yeah. No, I, I like oh, it too. Oh, I didn't. It came out. I didn't. I should read her review. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have I didn't see that. Okay, cool, cool. And cool. I didn't review it for us, but I've been playing it on PC for uh-huh. the last. Like, I haven't played that much, but I played a. I reviewed three for us. I guess two years ago now. 
and have actually have played every single Saints Row game weirdly from the beginning. And I really, uh, I really like four a lot. Mm-hmm. It's funny. So the deal with four is that it was supposed to be a downloadable expansion for three. Oh, so oh, that's I'm not. Seeing it was that called in a lot Enter the, the. It was called like Enter the Dominatrix. Was what it was. That gonna explains be called. everything huh. about right. this because a lot of so, the things that people. The, right. the criticisms that I keep seeing are, oh, why are we just in like a, a right. like weird virtual version of the Saints Row Three world? Right, and it's like, well, and that's why. So it was supposed to be initially supposed to be an add-on, and so it's the same so map. It, it's, it's the same it's map the as Saints Row Three to uh, to Pixar's cars. <laughs> kind of. That's got to well, be so what happened. That's was, also like I think the it was from Liberty City thing, right? It's like a little. Well, it's different. That was it's same, kind of not really oh, quite okay. like anything I've. Seen. Oh, okay. so it's before. like it's a little bit. It's a little bit like wait, how like another video game, like like Lost in the Damned. You're like playing from a different side of the map and yeah, like, right. but it's like that like multiplied by a shitload because right, right, so right. the setup of this game which i know danielle i think explained right and now we can talk about spoilers because i was never really nd8 on this anyway but i think that there's whatever the embargo is up but basically it's that aliens blow up the whole planet and you're plugged into a matrix version of the city and then you have to fight from the inside out and like save your friends and like fight the aliens so the aliens are in there with you too and so it's it's basically like I think <laughs> you can tell the Matrix or the world. Well, and, and the, the whole thing is but like, then they also got bored cool and put is, themselves in the Matrix. It's funny because it, it's funny because you would say like you would think that the Matrix has been played out like so much. You would, you would think that, but for what's good funny is like okay, so what's been played out about the Matrix? I think in video games is like all the Matrix shit, like the like the accoutrements of the Matrix, like wearing black and like sunglasses and the digital shit and the bullet time and like the sweet John Woo stuff and like all of that has been kind of played out. But the actual setup of the matrix hasn't really, there's never been an actual matrix game that wasn't shit. Like there was only enter the matrix. Right. So generally like it, the there's actual idea, well, like Assassin's Creed, I guess is kind of close, right? Like that setup That's is, what I was gonna is say, the yeah, same yeah. kind of thing. Anyway, this is doesn't, like, don't, doesn't metal gear do that as well. Do they? Where you're, well, where the whole game is taking place inside. Where the there's some or? sort of, Ambiguity about whether or not you're inside of a fictional well, Metal space Gear or not. Two had shit like that. In oh, it. maybe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, so it's only fine. The just Metal Gear and Assassin's Metal Creed. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, like, there's stuff, but this is like it's such a direct, just joke version of the Matrix. I mean, it is the Matrix. Like, you wake up in the red. Cu- like, it's the shit that happens is the exact Matrix. Like, to the point where that you're- doesn't. God, this game. I no, want to scream no, okay, when people okay, try to okay, sell okay, me okay, on this okay. game. Like, no, no, no. Just listen to you guys talk me. about it. No, no. It's like a totally joke version of the Matrix. Here's the thing. Okay, now what do you then think? Let me let me, like, let me say fuck? why. Let me try to get to why you might like it because okay. I I know Daniel already set this up. Yeah. And I listened to the cast and you guys yeah. were like, yeah, but this sounds like bullshit because it does. And it, and that part of it is, but the thing is, the game is just super fun as shit to play. It's like well, it's a lot fine. like that's Crackdown. Fair. Like, yeah. just when you're oh, playing it minute good. to minute, you're in this sit this huge city that's just ridiculous looking, and you can listen to music, whatever. And the soundtrack's fucking hilarious. So it's like you're listening to like Paul Abdul or something, or like just a bunch of really funny or cool tracks. And then you just can like you have superpowers. You can like fly and you can run super fast. You don't ever drive a car. It's like if in GTA you didn't have to drive a car. You could just leap and, like, fly and, like, collect stuff. And the whole game is built around, like, cool Tron-like challenges and, like, weird jumping puzzles and shit. And, like, there's, like, a game where you, like, just throw guys, like, pick people up and throw them through rings. And, like, the actual game is really fun. Um, And then it's all kind of packaged in this really goofy, like, exterior that actually is genuinely smart. More, much more often than not. Like, the humor is like, it's the kind of like highbrow, lowbrow Jake humor. Jake has that's the good. most dubious face I've fucking seen on Jake I, in a actually, long time. I'm, there's a lot of thoughts going through my brain. One, 
uh, there's three thoughts, in fact, okay. which, which are, this sounds really stupid still. Uh-huh. No, I can tell all these smart people who keep coming on the show say it's good. Two, that probably means I would like it. Yeah. Three, I will probably never play it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you don't have but, to. I don't know. I mean, but like, no, you're getting me to the point now it, where I'm like thinking about writing down, consider ordering game <laughs> off of Amazon secretly during the middle of the podcast. Right. It's cool. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I'm having a lot of fun. And it was a really nice, like, kind of counterpoint to Splinter Cell, which is so dour and serious. Like, there's a gun in this game. Okay. The jokes in the game that are gameplay jokes, here's something worth pointing out. You know how games that are funny, that, like, are trying to make video game jokes, and they're like, you know, like, you're fighting a boss, and it's like a JRPG boss. There was a game that did this. I can't remember what it was yeah. called now. And they're, like, worst. joking about how is it, and so you kill him, and then he comes back, and then you kill him, and he gets mm-hmm. harder. And it's really actually fucking annoying, because you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. This is an annoying Yeah, cliche, the joke that you're doing is but the just joke to pave over the fact that you right, didn't, that you're you doing designed it. it. Like, yeah. yeah, and the joke's on you, the player, so you actually always feel like the butt of the joke. This game totally sidesteps that every time it makes a video game joke, and it just lets you in on it, and it always is fun, like, when it does this stuff. Or there's like a gun, there's like a gun that's like a dubstep gun <laughs> that you shoot it <laughs> you shoot it by charging it up and then it like rips out this you hold down the trigger and it rips out this like crazy fucking like dubstep <laughs> thing that goes and like plays and is incredibly loud and like starts blowing shit up but then as you're shooting it everyone around you like because it's like GTA like all the civilians like start dancing because they like can't help it and they dance until they like die so it's basically something. the, the and, like, 2010s version of the special move in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker uh, yes it's pretty where much where you that. touch the monkey and then you do cra- <laughs> right. and then everyone dances and explodes yes it's that and like cars start bouncing and it's like the kind of joke that could have been really dumb like the gun just goes like wub 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 and instead it's this like really it's actually really well it seems like awesome. that may like, have been where it started it? and then they just layered on 30 right. yeah, additional yeah, yeah, yeah. layers and they're like let's actually make this like right that sounds pretty hilarious. That's that's like the first joke anyone's explained to me it's in this like thing. That, that actually that sounds works. really funny. Yeah. And there's, I, so it's, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other jokes yeah. that are good too. I'm just saying, like, I can only I only know the shit people have like told mm-hmm. me. So I feel like this is a game that if you hear enough of those things, Chris, they will stack up to the point that like, okay, I'm the president. No, all I, I do is jump and collect orbs. I have a dubstep gun. <laughs> yeah, like if, if people no, give you like four more of these, right. you might just no, break no, down and buy the game. No, that all sounds fine. I'll look on Steam. I'll see like how much Keith it costs. David, <laughs> Keith David is your vice president. So, you know, Keith David, the voice actor. Was he? Was he, he does. Done? Oh, man. He does the ads for Civilization Five. He's like the voice of those. Is he in the he was game? The, I don't know uh, if I've no, seen the He's just the ads. And he okay. does. Oh, man. Really? You guys got to know who Keith David is. He's in like every video game. He's in like. He was in Mass Effect. He's like the commanding CO guy. He was in Halo. Oh, like your boss in Mass yeah, Effect? Yeah. He's like the black guy, the like black commanding guy in like every yeah, single thing. Effect. He has this yeah, great okay. voice. And like. And he was in They Live, the movie. He was Whoa. like the other guy who like fought with Roddy Roddy Piper. movie? Yeah, the movie, yeah, where you put on the glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's in this game. Oh, well, then this joke is going to be lost on you, but like, he played, he was, he's like the voice actor in one of the first, in the first two games, some character. Sure. But in this game, he's Vice President Keith David, and he's actually Keith David. And then you like find audio logs for him lying around the city where he like ruminates on his career as an actor and like what it was like to get into video games. I don't know. It's like, there's like funny shit. Like, it's really funny that like you can call Keith David and then a, like character model that looks like Keith David shows up and fights alongside you. Like it's not Keith David playing a character. It's 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 funny. It's probably funnier if you know who Keith David is. It all sounds. Some good. listeners will think that that's I'm funny. I'm sorry that we were just silent, but I was trying to process <laughs> what you were saying. Right. You got to look up Keith David. He's in everything. He's like he's yeah. awesome. Like he has the best voice like ever. All right. Yeah. I'll go see. I'll go see how much this game. It's cool. It's a fun on game. Steam you can I watch a couple videos of it maybe and get it, but it's it's fun. So I'm, I'm more. I'm in, I'm. 
more inclined to buy it right. by the week, apparently. We'll get another guest on next week. Nick Brecken. Read, uh, John Walker wrote a really good thing about it at Rock, Paper, Shotgun. That'll probably oh, okay. convince you. Cool. Like about, right. He like, loved that game and was talking about how cool, cool it is. I think that you shouldn't read that and we should instead try to get more people on the Get John to come on the show. Get him to fly out here from England and tell you why. We've flown John Walker out to tell you. We want to know why Saints Row 4 is good. So that's good. You so know basically, it's kind of like a goofy Matrix. <laughs> he starts like, like, so, <laughs> have you seen the Matrix? <laughs> Did you ever wish there was a Matrix game? Because this is that. Um, you know what else? You know what other game is really fun? That I know you guys never the talk Matrix. about Nintendo games, but Mario and Luigi. We talk Dream about Nintendo Team? games. Have you I never heard hear you guys Pikmin talk about two? Nintendo games. Oh, okay. Pikmin. All right. I, think, I actually haven't played. Pikmin I think it's 3. just we neither or none of us have this generation of Nintendo oh, okay. stuff. Yeah, like, we used to talk about more Nintendo. My stuff. life was Nintendo life all the way through, like early days with the Wii. Like I think I was probably the last person. Like I think I got a DSi, and that was the last person oh, okay. on Thumbs who got Nintendo hardware. But we didn't. We didn't get it on 3DS or the Wii U yet. The 3DS has gotten completely amazing. Like people keep saying that it's. Ridiculous! It's like my favorite. Thing so to which play games it's, on. This, it's a Mario and Luigi game, the new one, yeah. And I'd never played one of those games before. Okay, I really like the first one. Yeah, I, Man, played, I played the shit. I did not like the first second one. one really. Okay, yeah, I, it's funny because I remember was the second like, one. That was the time travel one, right? I don't know. I haven't played any of them. This is my. First I think that was Mario the second Luigi. one. Maybe that was the third one. I don't know. Okay. Is, was this one the third one? I don't know. In any case, I really, really liked the first one. And it's, I, I kind of just got, I was kind of done with it after that. It's so, I had, I didn't know what they were. I mean, I knew Jason was telling me, oh, it's like a JRPG, basically, like a Mario JRPG-ish. But playing it, it's just a really, really great video game. Yeah, it was like, really it's clever. just fun as hell, and like everything in it is fun. Oh, and you're playing Dream like, Team? Sorry, yeah, Dream Team. Okay. Partners in Time was the second one. Okay. What, yeah, that was the, their best? Yeah. I'm not well, sure. Well, so like, that's the thing that I actually has been just the case with me with Nintendo games generally over the last, I don't know, five years-ish maybe is I'll play, like, a game, like, a new Nintendo game, like Mario & Luigi, or, like, um, this fucking whatever, I don't even know, like, uh, Mario Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, not, you know, none of those are new franchises, or, like, Metroid Prime. Like, none of, none of those are new ideas as of, like, characters or setting or anything, but they're all new gameplay ideas, you know? Like, they're mm-hmm. a new right. idea for a thing. Right. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. And then I always end up playing, like, the next one, and I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm just doing more of that. And it burns – like, for some reason, the Nintendo sequels burn me out faster. Like, the direct Nintendo sequels, yeah. right? Not, like, the reinvented ones, but, like, right. the direct sequels, Nintendo – Advance War is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, those games just burn me out instantly. Like, I'll, I'll play, you know, the first one – or at least the one, first one that's new to me, mm-hmm. right? Like, all the first time I've experienced this gameplay idea, and I'm like, this is great. And I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but like Nintendo in particular, I just I'm just done after the first one of first iteration of everything. Uh-huh. I did look into I looked at this game a little bit, and uh-huh. it's the one that has, I mean, it's it has like 3D and 2D stuff in it. Is that yeah. right? It's really cool. There's like an overworld and an underworld. So you go around this big island that you're exploring that's in 3D, and then when you get into battle, then you can like get into fights there. And you and like Mario and Luigi fight alongside each other, and you like control them each with one button. But then it's like that's, just, there's that's all the these little ingenious. Is that yeah. standard? Okay, it's like there's all these ingenious ways of controlling them. You have to counter every attack, and it's really cool. And then you go, it's it's Dream Team. So it's like you're on this island where like Luigi will go to sleep, and Mario goes into his dream, and then those are two D. And then like Luigi, actually straight up side scrolling. Yeah, and it's like Inception. It's like you're like Luigi's dream version of his of himself is in there, and then he can like take. Control is he like of super buff and dream. huge? He's like he is like so oh, he's like awesome. he's taller and he's like dreamy Luigi, and so oh, and then everybody in good. the dream talks about well, how cool he is and like. That's, 
there's it's actually, really funny. It's it's I think across all of the sort of Mario RPG type stuff because it's in mm-hmm. uh, the Paper Mario games and it mm-hmm. was in Mario RPG on the SNES a little bit, but it's super in the Mario and Luigi games. The yeah. idea that Luigi is the second string shit right. guy right. that yeah, no one remembers, yeah, yeah, where yeah. you know, right? Like I remember in the first game, like they'd be like, "Oh, you're Mario, cool. Oh man, sh- like show us your classic Mario moves. So we know you're Mario." <laughs> then you just press A and he goes, Burr. "Oh, Tim, it's only Mario." And then yeah, they're like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. green guy, who's, who's right?" This, this is guy? very much the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's they're so trying to fun. be like, "This is the year of Luigi." That's like Nintendo's whole thing right. is that every like Luigi's Mansion came out and like the Luigi U stuff for the side scrolling. Uh, Mario games came Hopefully out. Hopefully the final like, game that comes out this year is when Luigi actually is revealed to be the villain of everything. Like, <laughs> where Luigi, he was secretly Luigi like, is well, Luigi Waluigi. Is Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, so, uh, it, Culminating in the insane Luigi Waluigi, like, Waluigi. <laughs> Cronenberg experience. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. Sorry. The, oh, uh, this, the game is just great. I was, I'm like... Is the 2D stuff can't still stop RPG type stuff? Or? Yeah, it still works okay. the same. But, like, it, it, well, it's a little different. Like, you... You still get into JPG-ish fights, and, like, you, um, like, Luigi is, like, kind of inside you, so you use him to do special moves. Like, you'll, you'll jump on dudes, and Luigi then, a, then like, a bunch of, co- <laughs> it's basically like that, a bunch of copies of Luigi you'll jump on guys, or you can do these crazy moves where, like, a huge stack of, like, a hundred Luigis becomes a giant hammer that you, like, crush guys with. And, okay. Like, it, it gets, you know, it's, like, weirder in the <laughs> dream yeah. world. But yeah, that's the basic gist of the game so far anyway. But then there's all this – it's like every new area has got like all these new cool ideas and puzzles. There's like tons of puzzles in it. It's just really like – it's like the Mario game I always wanted to play that I didn't realize that even existed. Like because I never loved like side-scrolling Mario games. Like this is way more like puzzles and exploration and RPG shit and like cool combat and like just sort of everything I'd really want. But I like really, really, really into it. But it's interesting what you're saying about Nintendo games. I like. I think you're probably right. I'm totally this like newcomer to Nintendo kind of. Like I got a DS, but I never like. I was like you. I had PC. I only played PC games growing up and didn't have any set top consoles. I never owned a Nintendo console until. Oh, I didn't either until GameCube for me. I didn't own a GameCube. My I had a roommate who had one, so I played some Wind Waker on it. But that was it. And then I didn't have a Wii. Um, I borrowed one from my cousin for a while to play like Skyward Sword, I think. Mm-hmm. But then I got a Wii U, and that's like my first Nintendo console. There's like no games on it. Oh wow! So, yeah. But then, and then I had a DS and now a 3DS. So it's kind of like all these games are new to me. Right. And they feel like remarkable when you play them because they're so different to every other game. But like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's because of that. Like they, maybe it's because. Like within their own subgenre is so far removed that the Mm -hmm. similarities within that are so so noticeable, you know, like whereas a lot of game genres are like the conventions, there are cliches for sure and they can be irritating and repetitive, annoying, but like they're all, they also just feel like basic building blocks that aren't like. Yeah necessarily kind of obnoxious when they're repeated but well, for like some Zelda reason games, like, like, every Zelda game brings a lot of new ideas yeah but every Zelda template, game but also gets like, more and more entrenched you know like oh, the, yeah, that's to true. the point where it's like now yeah, you open your inventory they, right. and like it has holes in it that are shaped the shape of the item I don't know if they're still doing that but for, they were yeah. doing this for a while like you have holes in your inventory that are shaped the shape of the items you're going to get and like <laughs> they don't even in trying right. to make this shit surprising Bro, anymore like, okay, like, yeah the boomerang's going here shut up yeah like that that just is insulting and there is like oh there's like there have been way too many 2D Mario games like i'm sick of those and i never even really finished one there's like two on every single system like these just that wasn't the case for like five super, plus right, years right, right. though but then yeah. suddenly but now, they just release a whole and it bunch. sucks because i don't well it sucks for me because i don't really like the new super mario brothers yeah. games really i either. loved they're all i mean they're all fine like they're they have a ton of interesting shit going on as 2d platformers like i think they're all fun it's just i don't really i, don't, I play them and i'm like all right i, I don't I, feel I'm that way really the yet. new super mario brothers games i don't think bring a lot hmm. other yeah, than existing yeah 
But I'm sure there are people who will but tell me that I'm wrong. Stuff they're like, well, it's funny. Like, so first off, like uh, Luigi's Mansion is like an amazing game, the new one, and that's only the second one. So it's like, sure, takes the first GameCube one and blows it up into this whole huge thing, and it's a really fucking cool game. That's like not really like anything else I've played in a long time because it's just like it's almost like house exploration, like. The puzzles are sort of weird. They're not exactly by Gone Home. It's basically uh, on Steam. It's a lot like Gone Home. Steam powered. Except, except there's a thing that Luigi's Mansion has that Gone Home does not have. Let's let's just keep talking now. That's true. Um, Uh, It does have that thing, and it has a vacuum cleaner, and you can't vacuum in Gone Home. You can't vacuum up stuff. Oh bullshit! Uh, But they also like Nintendo does release a lot of like new stuff. Uh, There's like downloadable shit on 3ds, like. What Dylan's Rolling Western is this just like game that kind of came out of nowhere. That's just this new idea. That's really hmm. cool. Or uh, what's it, like Crashmo and um, Pushmo. Have you played those games? Though? Mm-hmm. They're awesome. They're these like really, really good puzzle games that, uh, you know, that they've made that are just sort of out. So there's actually kind of like people give Nintendo a lot of shit. I think sometimes not entirely fairly only because they are having new ideas. Not that no, that's, that's cool. what you were doing. No, no, no. There, there cool. is a bad rolling but, um, theme recently, which is that I should buy a new Nintendo hardware. <laughs> yeah, you get, if you get a 3ds XL, you will play games that are good. Do I that. need the XL versus yes, the regular one? Definitely. Why? The pixels are so much bigger. It's it, like a grandma. It's just, no, it doesn't though. <laughs> like it, it's a. I have both, and like the regular 3ds sucks. Like it's like tiny, and the build quality is kind of shitty. It like okay. puts my hands to sleep when I use it. It's it, the screen feels tiny. The the XL is awesome. That's crazy because like, my favorite two, like. The the GBA SP and the little the Game Boy Advance Micro are my two favorite oh, really? like the, hardware the teeny systems. tiny. Yeah, well, I, I mean, love that. I thing. think I mean everyone's mileage varies. I think, but, but for me, but I also think the there's things, no question. Like if you're getting like a there, new there's one, like, like 3D stuff on the 3DS, right? Like you need yeah. a different yeah, I guess screen size you to appreciate that than like, it, like really and crisp and it's rare. It's and it's mostly on Nintendo games. Like actually, the 3D in Mario and Luigi is really really good, and like the like the Luigi's Mansion 3D is super cool. But it's mostly it's oh when I said when I said 3D, I didn't mean like. Stereoscopic. I just meant oh, oh, okay. like it 3D, has polygons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like rendered yeah. real time yeah, 3D yeah. environment. But it's not like the pixels are a big deal. Like when they're, it looks a lot softer than like a Vita screen or something. But that doesn't matter. Like it's still really pretty. Like they're <laughs> Nintendo games. They look good. So, um, but yeah, I would say. I mean, I tell people <laughs> they get a 3DS XL. Like just, I that's like I play. It. I'm constantly playing it. Like I play it more than anything else. Like more than PC. Even like I just can get it out and. Now we got all these games installed on it. I'm just like, eh, I'll play games right there. It's a lot of good stuff. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to read reader mail in a minute? Yeah. It seems sure. like it's probably time for reading some mail. Yeah, we could read a mail from a reader. Okay. We're going to disappear and okay. find mail. Oh, my God. And we're going to read those mails. Chris is, <laughs> yeah, is going to stop melting. Oh, it's my God. I'm very so warm. I, I hear you. Video game. Are we back? Oh, we're back. Hey! Oh, we were supposed to be all loud. You turned the mics up because we were supposed to be loud, and then we weren't loud. I thought we were kind of loud. Hey! We got quieter over time. That's always what happens. Boisterous. Right. Boister. I was going to ask you guys about Crusader Kings 2. Uh, What about it? (laughs) Just shortly about it. Well, I haven't really played it. I'm fine with that. Briefly. I'll talk about it all you want, Kirk. Well, so this game is like Luke Plunkett at Kotaku is one of his favorite games. He loves it. Every time he talks about it and writes about it, I'm like, that game sounds amazing. Um, But then, you know, I try to play it and it's a really, really difficult game to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, For me, in a sense, for a lot of people. And I guess that's part of the appeal or whatever. But also, 
I don't know. He was, he was talk, we were talking really about part of how, the appeal necessarily. Well, for like, some people maybe like, but just that it's like a kind of really obtuse. I mean, it's like the, it's like the least obtuse of paradoxes games. Right. You know, I, mean, I think by a lot of paradox fans, it's seen as like the sort of gateway game or like mm-hmm. the, the sort of entry level one, but <laughs> which yeah. is funny because it's like, not. no, no, I know. I'm not saying that <laughs> like, to right. say that it no, isn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. It isn't um, really challenging, but I'm just yeah. saying like, I think the perception of it, mm-hmm. you know, among relative to other paradoxes. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. the thing we've been talking about is I've been playing a lot of Civ Five lately for the first time, really, is getting into that game. And are you getting into it because of the new expansion pack? Uh, I kind of like they. I just I had been meaning to play it forever, and then they asked us about the new expansion pack, and I actually played just vanilla Civ Five and got ridiculously, ridiculously addicted to it immediately, as you know happens with that game, yeah. and like just loved it. And then the expansions made it so much better. Like I can just immediately see how much better the game got. So now I'm just playing it all the time. And we were talking about how Paradox could definitely learn a thing or two from Firaxis, like just about like they could make a game like, or I'm wondering if you think this is possible since you've played Crusader Kings more than I have. Could that game like learn a thing or two from a game like Civ Five? It probably could. I mean, you can always learn a thing or two, right? Like, I mean, Civ has been getting better and better and better interface wise. It's always been pretty comprehensible mm-hmm. relative to like grand strategy games, you know, which are more in the style of like paradox stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like grand strategy, but um, and Civ Five, I think, is like the most accomplished uh, example of UI yeah. in the Civ <laughs> series to date, for sure. And just kind um, of, in, it's one of the best UI. It's yeah, like, no, it's like it's a standout games, in games like, generally. Yeah. It's like really, uh, really outstanding. I think, um, but. And I'm sure there are definitely things around the margins in Crusader Kings that are like just irritating every time. You know, mm-hmm. there's like weird little things like click here, not there, like do this, not that, like just weird little things that make a game that is not kind of intuitive by nature, like doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, I don't, that's tough. It's tough to to say like what specifically they would learn because I feel like a lot of the really broad broad things that Civ does really well it can do because Civ is so like abstracted and um, um, kind of fanciful you know whereas a lot of the reasons Crusader Kings 2 is complex like there are just clunky things in it surely but a lot of the reasons it's so complex is because it's actually trying to model what were actually weirdly complex, convoluted like rules of feudalism that existed in the medieval era. So mm-hmm. one of the chal- one of the funny, hilarious things to see when we're playing the game is that Nick like kind of just refuses to sort of internalize the rules of medieval feudalism. Like he will just be like, "Well, I just want to go to war and like take all those. We're at war. Why can't I just steal all these <laughs> provinces?" It's like, well, it's just not how it works. Like you need to actually like have a claim on them of some kind and like press that claim and like you need to be able to sort of um m- make some kind of like at least theoretical legal argument that you through like ancestry or marriage or something like actually have the right to own that land like or to or to like control that province you have to like, at least have the barest pretense of a reason yeah and there's just there's just right. shit like that left and right like you right. you don't have absolute power like you do in civilization or something like right. you have these vassals who have their own opinions of you who can declare revolt. Like there are things that are like trying to actually model to, to, to a fairly, you know, to a reasonable degree, like the way this world actually works. And if you've read like 
um, history or relatively serious historical fiction from that era, you know that this shit is like the most complicated. Like it is mm-hmm. so bonkers. Not not to the degree of like certain parts of modern politics, which are like labyrinthine mm-hmm. to like a mind-boggling degree, but still, I think much more complex than the popular conception of medieval times, which is just like go in and conquer things right, if you can. Right. Or you like know, the like, Civilization Five take on, which is yeah. Just like that, when you yeah. read about like the weird machinations that existed between like the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, the Pope and like the King of England, like, you know, in, during that era, you know, mm-hmm. or, and, and also like, you know, the emperor of France or whatever, like all these different things, like all of the power struggles are so Baroque and like arcane and complex. And like the game has to communicate all this because it needs to represent every single character's like di- dynasty, like family tree, um, like power structure, all of the like sub vassals under them and then their sub vassals mm-hmm. of like the individual townships and stuff. And it's like, there is just so much inherent complexity to how this works that there, I think there's probably a limit to how much you can streamline it. But I also think that around the margins, there's a lot they could do to just make sure that like operates similarly to like, you know, like if two different things, if two different types of interface element, both use the same hierarchical structure like they should always behave identically mm-hmm. and like they're it's pretty good about that but there's the times when it isn't or like the frustrating things right. like so this is a really long way to answer your question but like, well, I, I mean yeah, i think that I think, makes sense to me i think yeah. the things i hear about the game are that like i always hear these big moments that sound amazing and that yeah. sound really funny and just like usually kind of disastrous and it sounds like a game that's like possible to lose at and it's really fun to lose yeah well like, it's also like you don't necessarily need to actually play. be thinking about all that shit every time right. you're making a decision right, right. like you, i mean you can make broad strokes decisions just because you feel like it and Which, that's one of the things that makes the game good right. is that even if you're not necessarily like an amazing medieval feudalistic tactical mind like as evidenced by our baffling right. fucking success <laughs> like you can just do the dumbest shit and like because it's a re- relatively robust situation uh-huh. the world won't just collapse around you and like when you read like similarly when you read the actual history like rulers of the time often made dumb decisions because they're put in extreme positions of power based on no qualifications quite frequently and like you know stupid shit would happen and so like, for, like the world gamers, doesn't just explode right? you know what i mean like it's like right. things the it's to some degree self-correcting although that still can come along with like entire swaths of land like passing to a new ruler you know you can Mm -hmm. do things accidentally that are just ruinous to your family line Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's not like a lose state i mean there are lose states i guess but like it's you know it's it's not like a video gamey thing Mm -hmm. where it's just like you didn't do this thing now you lose it's like well no it's more just like this thing happened that is like undesirable Mm -hmm. to like the abstract concept of you but you you control different characters over the course of the game anyway. I don't know. It's weird. It's like it's a simulation in a in a really like true sense, which is really cool because it actually makes it more robust from a kind of success and failure standpoint than a more traditional video game where everything is like very codified right, right. and it's like you either win or you don't. Like that's actually something that I'm that is like my least favorite thing about Civilization, which is a series that I adore mm-hmm. that I you know that I love deeply, but like I don't. And a lot of people don't feel the way that I do about this, which is totally fine. But, like, my least favorite thing about it is how cut and dried success and failure is 
Whereas in like, the end, like yeah, in the yeah. end, where it's like I don't, I just like the part of just right. being in the simulation yeah. with all these other countries and like interesting things happening. And there's always the least like, interesting part. Of yeah, yeah. Like exactly. I turn off diplomatic victories now, like or turn off a lot of victories, just uh-huh. and like make it small and just kind of make everybody commingle mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I sort of wish. I mean, I'll I'll probably play Crusader Kings at some point. I I wish like I, like the tutorial wasn't crazy. Like I wish that it was because de- I found myself I was doing these like YouTube tutorials to learn mm, it right. that were way better than the tutorials. Oh yeah, the game. yeah. And I was like, couldn't so you guys like make this game a little more like? Yeah, yeah. You kind of can just start and you're immediately playing and then yeah. telling what's going on. And, yeah. But it does sound like I, I get what you're saying. Like yeah. it's sort of. There's so much shit going on that like mm-hmm. you just can't really make that incredibly easy to use from the top yeah. down. Yeah, I'm super curious about uh, Europa Universe Alls Four, which is the newest mm-hmm. Paradox yeah, yeah, game, and like I've heard it's a like the reviews have been yeah, off the fucking charts. Out. Like it's people loving this game. Um, I'm pretty excited about it because it seems like even you know despite how like arcane and 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 you know com- like Byzantine these games are. Um, it seems like just over the years they've been getting more and more approachable. And like mm-hmm. certainly visually that's been the case. That's yeah. the thing that has been nice to see in Civ as well. Where it's like the maps in like Crusader Kings 2 and even more so it seems in European Universe 4 are these just gorgeous things where like because they have to be able to redraw political boundaries like just in real time depending on the situation of the world. Like, you know, the lettering of, of countries is like dynamically curved mm-hmm. to like fit the thing. And it's like... It just looks beautiful. Like it just looks like beautiful cartography, um, in a way that's like melding kind of traditional maps with the kind of dynamic, um, dynamically populated style of something like Google Maps or something. But beautiful in a way that like Google Maps or or like mm-hmm. whatever is not because it's just purely functional for like go down the street here. You know, like it's um, it's it's a great thing. Like it's an awesome visual, beautiful thing that you know those games are never going to win any awards for like best graphics or mm-hmm. anything but like there's that type of beauty i think is great like it's yeah. a really cool thing that is just not represented generally in other right. games in a lot of other kinds um, of games, yeah and so it's you know i don't know it's nice like that kind of thing i think even though it's not directly related to like how easy the game is to play i think actually indirectly helps accessibility mm-hmm. because it just you gives look you at something just go, oh, to no, latch no, on you know, right. like, you know yeah, what you're exactly. looking at and yeah. it's nice like that's yeah. what i like about civ 5 oh, totally, just that yeah. it's like an aesthetically oh it's beautiful awesome yeah. experience uh-huh. like yeah, yeah, across can, the board. You can stare at Civ Five forever. Yeah, and just the music plays, and I'm sort of cruising around, clicking on. Yeah, no, it's very that way. So, how do you feel about reading a mail? Oh, I could read a mail from you, the readers. How do you feel about it, Kirk? I feel good. I'll, oh. listen, I'll listen to some Idle Thumbs mail. Oh, you All have right. to answer it. Oh, really? It's for you. Oh, they're not even. This right. is for you. Okay. They are. Next J- time, Kirk Hamilton is on. <laughs> Please J- ask him. JL writes. Who? Finger fighters fumble. Um, sorry for the length. There are two points blended so closely I can't split them. Um, he has a digest version, but I'll just read the thing. Hi, Thumbs. I just listened to 118, including uh, Khan's mail about design of one-on-one fighters and Smash Brothers. His points were interesting and well-made, but there is a logical leap that seems, from the outside at least, to be an endemic blind spot in fighter design, which prevents the expansion of an interesting subgenre. He moves in one breath from acknowledging the advantages of a unified command set to describing the problems a unified move set brings to Smash Brothers. My feeling has long been that the simple unified command set is inherent, inherent to a Smash Brothers genre of one, whereas the shared move set is incidental and specific to Smash Brothers as an individual game. Good for accessibility, but an additional constraint on the design. Is it impossible to imagine a diverse one-on-one fighter that abandons the stick and wiggling dexterity test for a special end button or special end direction system? I'm baffled by the decades-long absence of anyone even try- trying. The Soul series is the closest example I can 
I know of and little fighters in the ballpark. Um, anyway, maybe I just don't see the problem that anyone else can spot or maybe I'm just unaware of some underground genre of uh, Dujan fighters. Um, a thought experiment. What would a tournament in your choice of series look like if the competitors were allowed to oh, – Jesus, he just goes on and on. So I think what he's saying at this point is like keeping the unified like input structure that Smash Brothers has but not having all those inputs map to kind of equivalent versions of moves. Is that what he's, is that what he's basically saying? Like what's an example of that sure. in Smash? Well, like in Smash – so Jake, so in, like, in Smash, do the different inputs – you put in like correspond to relatively similar attacks. Does everybody characters? have the like, same? I don't know, how does that work? They're mapped the same way. Uh, it's actually about the fifty-fifty split. There's sort of a in Smash Brothers. I mean, that's even that's an exaggeration, but sort of the non-special attacks are generally about the same. Where it's sort of you have the punch, you have the mm-hmm. jump punch, you have the drill down, but then the moves on the other button are completely unique per character. Where like mm-hmm. Mario will shoot a fireball, whereas another character will swing a sword whereas another character will do right. a dash attack. So like the the actual inputs are the same but the outputs are different in Smash Brothers. That's so mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what he's talking so about. So what's exactly. the I'm question? Having, I don't know, I'm having a hard time trying to like I'm that, sure he's making every, a valid point. I'm just having a tough time that every character parsing would control it. completely differently like is that No, no, I think he's saying characters control the same but have a different like move set um like I guess we, so. I guess we, like one of the things we were talking about with fighters a couple weeks ago, what in the email he's referring, the episode he's referring to, is that you'd have to literally know like totally different sets of inputs to do different things on different characters. Mm-hmm. But I think he's saying, what if you didn't have to? Oh, do but that? I, I, well, I don't think I don't think of that as being the case. Like I, I feel like to do like most fighting games I play, and I'm like a, not a fighting game expert, but I, they mostly like you have kind of the same basic moves, right? The low punch, the high punch, the high kick, the jump kick. You kind of do all that the same way. And then when you start getting into your combos, that's where everything gets different. Yeah. So my understanding of fighting games is not nuanced enough, I think, to give this guy the probably the, the answer he's consideration for. is you know the Is it possible but... to imagine a diverse one on one fighter that abandons the stick little dexterity for a special in button or special in direction system? This seems like a really sweet question, and I think it's just <laughs> a little bit out of our fighting brains ben andak is probably sitting here going right yeah. <laughs> i know i'm sure there's a bunch of readers who are yeah um so then he says a thought experiment what would a tournament in your choice of series look like if the competitors were allowed to use arduino sticks that could buffer any command instantly and flawlessly guile would go away but what about the hundreds of other characters? interesting so this is like basically so i guess that's kind of to, yeah which i guess is what he's getting i guess like, is just what right. he's getting out with that other thing That'd just be like interesting. what if that wasn't the, like bar- what if wasn't the a, barrier it would be just know? the strategy of fighting games without yeah. the dexterity well that's i guess the part that we were sort of latching on to with smash brothers that i guess he's saying what if you extended that out to mm-hmm. like maybe a, a more traditional fighters fighter type of thing yeah Huh. Um, which is sounds good to me. I don't know. That's the, one of the things well, I don't I wonder, like. I wonder if it would like, expose a lot of balance issues like with different characters. That's if you question, could do yeah. that, like if it was just so Well, that's what he says. So, yeah, he says here, would play degenerate or rise? Is uncertain execution a necessary vector for punishment? Or can the other mechanisms such as startup and overshoot frames cover mm-hmm. that ground? Um, so I feel like it is necessary. Well, I feel like the way that these guys design like Street Fighter is that they spend so much time balancing and tuning that game, but it's got to be part of the way they balance those moves is how much time it takes to enter the the combo to do a given move, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of tracks for me, anyway. It's like it's much easier to do, you know, I don't know, some basic sort of fireball than to do a much more complicated yeah. move. 
Though I guess I don't know. Maybe when you're super good at those games, it doesn't even matter anymore. You're oh, just I'm so sure fast. That's, I'm that, sure like, that's you the just case. Do yeah. it immediately. So I'm sure that's maybe it's yeah. irrelevant, anyways. Um, so he says, spookily, a partial answer has come to my attention and come out in the same week. Megabyte Punch is a two-dimensional multiplayer physics ring-out fighter with a single-player platformer campaign attached. A significant difference from Smash Brothers is that you build your fighter from torsos, heads, and limbs that grant stats and special moves, a design choice that leaves me conflicted, but whatever. Uh, anyway, he's saying he can't speak about authority because he hasn't played the final version yet, but uh, I don't know, that sounds interesting. Wasn't that like Dropkick, or is, is that like the God, I haven't played Dropkick yet, because I'm, car- I'm <laughs> terrible. Like the it's really hilarious and good. No, it's great. Yeah. But I guess it's maybe the opposite of that, but it's just, there's sort of, it's like the simplest fighting game possible. Yeah. Well, anyway, he thinks this is an interesting uh, entry in a genre that currently has only two entries and is slated to grow to a whopping three this fall. Folks, check it out, maybe, he says. Hi, pussy. Yeah, an interesting email that we're probably not fully equipped to deal, no. <laughs> to deal with, which bums me out. I started reading it. I thought we'd be able to talk about it better, and then I realized I don't know anything. Um, was that one or two emails? That was one. That was one mega email. <laughs> one yeah. long you can do one more. Brad Grenz says, hey, Thumbsketeers. I was wondering if any of you guys have ever given Dragon's Dogma a chance. The reason I ask is I've been playing the expanded version subtitled Dark Arisen. Dark Arisen? Yep. <laughs> a whole lot this year, and it recently occurred to me it's basically a cross between Far Cry 2 and Dungeons and & Dragons. Like Far Cry 2, this game is set in a beautifully realized open world filled with beautiful vistas, forests, and veils that sway realistically in the wind and incredible day-night cycles that can really ruin your day. Like Far Cry 2, the story's a bit threadbare, but it doesn't really matter considering all the dynamic mischief you can get yourself into. Towns and fortresses are set in, uh, at great distances. There's no convenient fast travel options. Quests will, uh, to begin the game, quests will often send you far afield. You have to be careful to plan your journey, setting out at just at dawn so you don't find yourself cut out after sundown, surrounded by suddenly more numerous and aggressive direwolves, goblins, and ogres. While exploring, it's easy to stumble upon an angry and nearly impervious rock golem, or a griffin just might swoop down from the sky, catching you unaware. Whether it's a chance encounter or a plotted boss battle, any fracas with the giant beast roaming the land can be truly epic. The combat in the game was designed by some of the talent behind Devil May Cry. Whether you're playing as a fighter, archer, or mage, or one of the later upgraded or hybrid classes, it's always fast, strategic, and really intuitive. The high-level spells can get especially crazy with huge fireballs slashing you down from the sky, or a tornado enveloping you while you're still clinging to a chimera's back. It's a game filled with miraculous victories, hilarious failures, and the best combat any open-world RPG has ever had. I only wish more people played it. I find it to be one of the most underappreciated works of genius from this generation, not unlike Far Cry 2. Sincerely, Brad Grenz. Man, well, I'll say that that was a really effective ad for Dragon's Yeah, no Dogma. kidding. Well, I read this. Jeez, I read this with like you present. The I figured you'd be the only person likely to. Have it, so, <laughs> but now you will play it. Apparently, well, yeah. So it's funny that game was a. Wasn't really, this game really divisive? It was didn't? divisive yeah. for us even because we ran. I think it was Tina reviewed it and didn't like it and gave it a really negative review. And people kind of there's like a because there's a huge group of people who love it and went kind of bad shit about that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really played it. Um, but everything I know about it actually makes me really want to. And every time people talk about why it's good, that was actually a great, yeah. I think, encapsulation of what people say about it. Like, mm-hmm. Far Cry 2 thing, I think, is... I mean, I don't know how much it's actually like Far Cry 2. That might but, just be the secret way to get us Right, I think that it's yeah, also yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. let me tell you why it's like... Well, because, you know, and and that's... It, it sounds a little like that, though. Like, the way that Far Cry 2, like, is not yeah. a very welcoming game. And that there were a lot of bad reviews where people just kind of dismissed it. Sure. They're like, this is shitty. Where if you actually really played it, you're like, no, that's not shitty at all. It's really good. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, didn't you guys have a rule about not mentioning Far Cry 2? No. Is that we, not no, we have the Sorry, that, that rule is, you you misheard the rule. Oh, okay. Mention Far Cry oh, okay. 2 all of the time. <laughs> you know, I've been on here talking about how much I love Far Cry 2 as well. Oh, we know. But that, um. That's why you're allowed to come back. Right, Okay. <laughs> 
I still like it. I, I want to play that game, but I haven't. But I know I really do. It's like another game that's like actually like I'm probably going to get at some point and play because everything I hear about it sounds like that description. I think we have one more reader mail. And this is Robot News. Oh, shit. Robot News. It's participatory Robot News. Okay. Um, Peter Jones writes, Hey, Thumbs. First off, I've been listening since the Kickstarter, and I enjoy and appreciate your weekly take on video games. Uh, Thanks, Peter. He also says, This isn't so much a question for you guys, but an invitation for questions. I'm a practicing surgeon who performs robotic surgery with the Da Vinci Surgical Robot as one of the facets of my practice. On the last podcast, Chris mentioned he would like to question someone who has experience with the system. Even though I'm... Early in my career, I have well over 100 cases using the system. It really is fascinating technology, and I hope to be able to answer any questions you guys may have. Nice. So, if you are listening to this podcast, and for <laughs> some reason the idea of operating a weird surgical robot simulator is a thing that you're interested in, ask any goddamn questions to this guy who uses terrifying robots, and we'll send him a pack of things to answer. Because yeah. Send him to questions. Questions on that. Net. Yeah. Please nice. put robot news. Robot news to the subject. <laughs> uh, also, if you have any robot news, just fucking yeah, send actually, it in. Yeah, that's actually maybe put maybe put surgeon. So news Da Vinci or Surgical Simulator. That was the thing that's like the Oculus Rift, but it's the crazy medical grade one with the dangling tongues on the wires and stuff. Is that correct? Wait, say that again. Say the weird thing you <laughs> said again. <laughs> Wasn't that the thing that was sort of like the medic, the medical grade version of the virtual reality simulator training thing? Except that it was the thing that had like. The example that the reader gave us that one time was that it like oh, yeah. the organs that it's it only simulated a few things in the program that he was using, so there were just like three tongues hanging <laughs> that you had to like move things near and they would sort of yeah. waggle around. Anyway, uh this guy uses that all the time <laughs> wants us to ask him questions about it. So please write to us and we will pass on some weird surgical robot questions to Peter. Um Da Vinci's surgical robot. Look that up and we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks probably. Robot news. Sweet. Yeah. God, you got that in there. I had to get that in there. Got to, got to announce the robot. Oh, news. and I didn't post the picture of the Boston Dynamics office because I wasn't sure that we could run it, but now I know we can run it, so I'll put it up. All right, sweet. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, I think that's all for this week. Kirk, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Yeah. You know I love to come by. So. Oh, also, uh, we don't usually do this on this podcast, but I'm going to. Uh, Steve's game comes out tomorrow or today. If you're listening to this already, gone home. It's really good. Yes. Um, it's a good game. Um, also, I don't actually think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I actually did the original score for that game. You never mentioned that. You might have no. mentioned it. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. A Q lot of people have not known. Times like, not that you've said a it. lot of people have been yeah. messaging me on Twitter being like, like, oh, wow. I listen to Idle Thumbs all the time, and I had no idea you were doing that. Yeah. So I think I may have actually never mentioned no. it. I've but, only um, played the first half of the That's a thing that I did. It's good. Have you played it all the I have through? played the entire game, and I'm, a, I'm an unbiased person here, and it's really, really good. Really good. It's not like anything I've ever played before. I super hope a ton of people buy it because it's like a really cool game. And the music is lovely. Oh, thank you, Kurt. I think that you did a great job with it. And it's interesting. I actually wanted to, I had a whole, I wanted to ask you all this stuff about it, but maybe, maybe another time just about music and how you did it and stuff. But yeah, it's a great game. And I, I second the, I second that emotion. Everyone should pick it up. I can't believe it's coming out. Man. I think it came, it's coming out way earlier than I thought it was going to come yeah, out. Yeah, it just did. It was like a month then, early, yeah. But gonehomegame.com. <laughs> no, don't put that in either. Oh, my God. It's a great game. It's got... Oh, I wasn't going to ghost it. I got to go. Podcast's over. Fuck, erase all of this. Seriously. Oh, my God. Nope. You guys ready for gold? Gold Blast Bloom? Gold game? Jeff Goldblum.
<laughs> oh, classic. 